You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Well, good morning, and let me add my welcome to Highland for those of y'all who are guests here today. For those who are returning um, singles, returning families, welcome. Those who are returning college students, welcome. I hope that you enjoyed your five-month-long spring break week that you had these last several months. And college freshmen, I imagine there are a lot of you as well. Welcome to Waco. Welcome to Highland. And I hope that you enjoy your next four years here in Waco or five years or six years, however long you decide to stick around and finish up that degree. If you are a freshman or new to Highland today, I would encourage you to find a church somewhere here in Waco and like dive in head first. And if it's not Highland, there's other incredible churches in our city, but find a church and make it home. Find a church and make it family. About five weeks ago, uh, J.I. Packer passed away. J.I. Packer, I think, is one of the standard bearers of of the faith, just a man who had a deep love for the Lord, a deep walk with the Lord. And J.I. Packer said, we never move on from the gospel. We move on in the gospel. We never move away from or move on from that good news of Christ. What do we do? We go deeper into the gospel. We have a deeper understanding. We move on in the good news of Christ, in the gospel of Christ. So what if we spent these next six weeks here on Sunday mornings talking about a a good work that God wants to do in you? There's a lot of pressure in our society today. I bet you feel it in our culture today to to do something good, to do something just. College students, I imagine you had a conversation with a parent, if not both of your parents, these last couple of days. I know I did with my son, who's a junior in college. It was a conversation about him doing good work at at school. I imagine you had that conversation. Maybe it felt more like a threat when your mom and dad said it to you, but we want you to do a good job. Do good work when you are in school. But what if we took these next six weeks at this time on Sundays and talked about the good work that God wants to do in you? A good work deep in your heart, a good work deep in the core of who you are so that we can all move on in the gospel of Christ. If you're new here, let me just kind of tell you right off the front, we have a high view of scripture at Highland. We love God's word. We love coming to church and asking the question, but God, what do you say about this? Because we all hear the different voices throughout the weeks. There's a lot of talking heads in our culture today. We have a very high esteem of God's word. So with your copy of God's word, let's go to the book of first Corinthians together. If you forgot a copy of God's word, you're not going to be tossed out today uh, or any day at that, but it's always going to be on the screen behind me, or you can go to your device and go to your Bible app. And let's go to first Corinthians chapter 13 together. If you're relatively new to church, uh, the book of first Corinthians is in the new Testament. It's seven books in first Corinthians chapter 13. going to begin in verse 1 this morning. Uh, Something else, since there's so many newbies at Highland today, once you open up your Bible, I would encourage you to go and keep it open. Uh, We're not just just going to read a scripture, close it, and talk for a while. We're going to stay in scripture together. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, 
And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have, if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It's not rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. It's not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never ends. You normally hear this at a wedding. And at the time of that wedding, when this scripture is used, everybody goes, aw, what a, what a beautiful poetic sentiment of, of love. Uh, let me just take that away for a second. It's not really an awe chapter. There's some bombshells in here. There, there's some daggers in what we just read. There's some arrows straight to our heart. And actually, believers throughout the centuries have called 1 Corinthians chapter 13 the love chapter. And this love chapter actually will rip you and then rebuild you. Because it goes to our hearts. It goes to the core of who we are. That This love chapter is speaking of an interior work, not just some exterior display. This love chapter will correct you and then it will recalibrate you because it offends our self-righteous tendencies. 1 Corinthians 13 goes straight to a work in you. A good work in you that God wants to accomplish even today. You can seem to be doing right on the outside. I'm, I'm a Baylor grad. My dad was a Baptist pastor here in town. I'm a pastor of a Baptist church. I was even born at the Baptist hospital here in Waco. I, I, I know Baptist. I know church. And because I know Baptist, because I know church, I can, I can put on a good exterior. I mean, I know how to fit into the church crowd. But you see, you can seem to be doing right on the outside. Busy moral, persuasive, socially just, and knowledgeable, but still be unbelievably vacant in your heart and still be unbelievably desolute on the inside. Here's what I'm trying to say. You can have a full schedule, but an empty heart. You can have a moral exterior, but a corrupt heart. You can have a busy religiosity, but a motionless heart. There's really nothing going on on the inside. Just consider that list that you see on the screen behind me. Does that describe many of us? Does it describe you? It certainly described me when I was a student. When I was a student at Baylor and when I was a sophomore, very specifically, back in 88. 1888. Back in 88, when I was a sophomore in school, I was at a Bible study. Uh, a guy that you may know, his name is Louis Giglio, was, was speaking and he made this incredibly profound statement. He said, there are many here at this Bible study this evening, and you, you look like you have your act together spiritually. You're moral, you're, you're doing the right thing, you're showing up at the right place, or you're saying the right thing, but, but you understand that there's nothing happening in your heart. In fact, there are some here this evening, he said, that all you're doing is faking joy. And the sad thing is, Giglio said, you could really have it in your life through Jesus. 
it was as if a spotlight was shining on me in that large room. I felt the conviction. I felt the weight of that because I had learned through church how to have a busy schedule, but a really empty heart. And I was busy even with religious things, even with good things on the outside. My Christianity was nothing really more than an exterior display. But my heart was empty. I was guilty of having a full schedule. I was guilty of having a moral exterior. I was guilty of having a busy religiosity. But there was nothing happening on the inside. We have attached in our lives, in our culture, in our education, in our churches... We've attached some weighted importance to these four things. Just think about these four things with me. We have put a lot of importance, a lot of weight on on eloquent speaking, on moving eloquence. We've put a lot of weight on, on deep knowledge, knowing things, knowing more things, adding to the things that we know. We've put a lot of weight on a fearless faith or this bold faith or this declaring faith. We put a lot of weight on that, a faith that has no fear. We've also put a lot of weight even today on, on social heroism, on spiritual heroism, that we would stand out in the crowd socially. We would stand out in the crowd spiritually. I want you just to go back into your Bible to see actually all four of those things are listed right here in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. With your Bible still open, look at verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, what is that? That's eloquent, beautiful, powerful, moving speech. Look at verse 2. If I have prophetic powers if I could even understand all mysteries if I had all knowledge what is that that's that deep knowledge that deep understanding the power to understand all things we put a lot of weight on that verse 2 as well if I had this this gift of, of faith in fact Paul uses the word right here all faith if I had all faith and such, such fearless bold declaring faith that I could speak to a mountain and make it move Then in verse 3, we see this this heroism, this standing above the crowd. Even if I was the one to give away all that I have, that's that social justice. Even if I was able to deliver up my body to the flames, deliver my body to be burned, that's that, that, that spiritual justice. We see that Paul mentions all those things. Things that even today in our culture today, even this coming week, you will see those four things with a lot of weight, a lot of importance. We have attached such weighted importance to these four things to, to moving eloquence. We, we're moved by someone when they give a good speech. When someone gives a speech and it's very emotive, we, we feel it. We retweet words that are well-tweeted to start with. Ooh, that sounded good. I'm going to retweet that. We love a, a good TED Talk. We We most often vote, do you know this, in American history, we most often vote for the candidate that has the smoothest speech, which should make for a very interesting November. We are also mesmerized by by a good speech. We are mesmerized by an eloquent communicator. We say, that that lady has it. That that guy has it. He can can own a room. We've attached such weighted importance to, to deep knowledge. To, to knowing more. We all want to know more. We're all driven to know more. And never in the history of mankind has there been more information and knowledge really even readily at your fingertips. We are moved by people and we're moved toward people who know all the facts, who have a deep knowledge, who, knows all, who know all the stats, who seemingly have like inside information. 
And when someone understands the depth of a subject, we celebrate them. And rightfully so. People will pay $100,000 to get deep knowledge and a diploma to go with it. Awkward silence. Third thing, fearless faith. We, in the Christian world, in the church world, we put a lot of a lot of celebration on those who just have this unbelievable ability to declare things will happen, to, to be bold in their faith, uh, to be out there in their faith, to take a step of faith. Our spiritual giants, and I imagine if you grew up in church, grew up in a Christian home, have a Christianity in your background, I imagine that almost every one of us in here, there's someone that you can think of that you would just call a spiritual giant because they live so much by faith. And every Christian here at Highland today, and rightfully so, you want to grow in your faith. Probably while you're here and not home in bed. You want to grow in your faith. You want to exercise your faith. You want to understand what it means to have an unshakable faith. A faith that is so fearless that you don't even mind speaking to mountains. And we've attached a real high value to that. And social heroism, spiritual heroism. We, we love a good hero. The, the Avengers movies collectively brought in $22.6 billion Dollars. That was a billion with a b-b-b. We love a good hero. We love to elevate people and see them as, as our heroes. And a social justice warrior, like this one who would give everything away to help those who are hungry or help those who, who are needy, help those who are poor. Or how about this hero we see here in verse 3? A martyr for the faith, someone that would give their very lives to the flames, their very lives to be burned. I mean, those are top shelf heroes for us. But listen, then God comes in and says what? Without love, that moving eloquence, verse 1, is a noisy gong. It's like a clashing, irritating cymbal. You think you sound good, but you have no love. There's no good work happening on the inside. You're nothing but a noisy gong. You have deep knowledge. You have a fearless faith, but your deep knowledge and your fearless faith without love, the good work on the inside. What is it? Verse two, it says of you, I am nothing. And your social heroism, your spiritual heroism, verse three, without love, I mean, giving your life for the faith, giving your all to the poor without love gains you. What does it say? Verse three, gains you nothing. The Greek word right there literally means it counts for nothing for you. What is the gospel of Christ then, this good work on the inside? To help us understand what it is, let's first of all see what it is not. If you're a note taker, you might just jot these three things down in your notes or on your phone or just think about it with me if you want to. Here's the first thing. Christ's gospel moving from the inside out is not the same as being gifted. The good work on the inside that the good news of Christ, the gospel of Christ produces moving and starting on the inside, then moving outwardly. It's not the same as being gifted. We see this in verse one. Talk about a gift. Verse one, speaking with tongues of men and angels, that's a gift. Verse 2, having prophetic powers, that's a gift. Understanding all mysteries, what a gift. Understanding all knowledge or having all knowledge, what a gift. 
Verse 2, having faith and all faith to make a mountain move. What a, what a gift. In fact, this, this room today in the chapel that's watching online at this very time, it, it is filled with very gifted people. There's a lot of talent in this room. There's a lot of gifts in this room. There's a lot of potential in this room. But listen to me. Don't mistake your talent for character. Don't mistake your gifts for character. Students, don't mistake your intellect for character. And for all of us, do not mistake your potential for character. A good work happening on the inside. It is possible, if you heard nothing else, it is possible to be gifted and still be nothing. Second thing, Christ's gospel. Let's see what it's not. Christ's gospel moving from the, from the inside of us, our heart, that good work out, is also not just being good. Because some of you, a few moments ago, as you were hearing about all these gifts of, of prophecy and, and gifts and speaking and deep faith and, and smarts, you're thinking in the back of your mind, yeah, that's not Christianity. Christianity is doing something. It is action. It is stepping up for those that are marginalized, stepping up for those who are poor. It is, it's holding on to the values, the tenets of the Christian faith. It's about doing good. It's about action. And this is why Paul writes, verse 3, even if I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, and those are good things, giving all to the poor, giving all to the hungry, giving all to the needy. What moral, virtuous behavior? I mean, it shows that you have a social conscience. It shows that you're interested in justice. And also, you want to have a simple life. You see what Paul says here? I'm going to give it all away. Everything that I have. And it's good here also, giving my, my body to the flames. What Paul is saying is, for those who are even willing to die for their faith, what integrity, what a commitment to the values of Christianity. And just kind of in our polarized country today, isn't it interesting that Paul takes the list of probably what most people would say in the progressive liberal party, social justice, feeding the hungry, helping others, ties it to a value of the conservative historic Christianity party, giving my life up for the faith, pulls both of those together, and he says, without love, it's nothing. Giving everything you have to the poor, and there's no love in your heart, there's no good work happening, that's nothing. Being sacrificed as a martyr for the faith, because you're holding on to the beautiful, powerful tenets of Christianity, but you don't have love, it's nothing. If there's not an inside good work of love, all these things gain you nothing. So what is it? Christ's gospel moving inside out is receiving God's full love in Christ Jesus. It's receiving God's love fully in Christ. Uh, so listen, especially if you're not planning on making church a habit on on Sundays while you're here in Waco listen carefully you can act very Christiany and not be a Christian you can be around Christianity you can even be in Christianity and not truly understand that Christianity is receiving God's love receiving this these grace-filled gifts of forgiveness forgiveness for everything you've done in your past Receiving this grace-filled gift of new life, a new heart, a new start. And it comes through Christ, God's sent 
sacrificed, saving son only through Christ and then fully believing in the resurrection of Jesus, confessing Jesus as the Savior, as the rescuer, as the Lord, as the boss of your life. You see, it's about receiving. That's the operative word, receiving that love. Um, We're 124 days away from Christmas. In case you're thinking about buying the preacher guy a gift, you have 124 more days to to go. I would imagine on Christmas, someone that, that loves you, they hand you a gift. You don't just believe in that gift. You also don't just consider it a lofty idea of a gift. You also don't simply just acknowledge the idea that it is a gift. I mean, really, by pure definition, a gift is not a gift until it's received. It's the same with God's love for you. You can believe that there's a love of God. You can like the idea that God is filled with love and offering you new life and forgiveness. You can even understand the concept of God's love. But until you receive it fully in Christ Jesus. So what is it that changes our hearts? What is it that that fuels a fire for a good work inside of us? What is it that grows us not from the gospel, but into the gospel? Love. You're thinking, great, I love love. Well, it's a specific kind of love. With your Bible still open, look at verses 4 through 8 with me. I just wanted to show you a couple of things here. You're going to think I've lost my mind by giving you an English language. Let me just kind of help a little bit. Love is patient, adjective, and kind, adjective, Love does not envy, verb, or boast, verb. It's not arrogant, adjective, or rude, adjective. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable, adjective, or resentful, adjective. It does not rejoice, verb, at wrongdoing, but rejoices, verb, with the truth. And love bears, for Baylor students, love bears, verb, all things, believes, verb, all things, hopes, verb, all things, endures, verb, all things. Love never ends. That's, that's, It's a verb, but it has an adjective form there. Love never ends. There is no ending to the love. What's interesting, when Paul wrote this to the church of Corinth, there are no adjectives in here at all. Every one of those are verbs. But there's really no way that we can easily translate that from Greek into English. And so if I were to do that, here's how awkward it would sound. Love is patienting. Love is kinding. Love is not arroganting. Love is not rooting. Love is not irritabling. Love is not resentfuling. You see why other people were in charge of the translation and not me. They're awkward words, but it's what Paul is, is, is saying here. This is really important. All these are verbs in Greek, and they're not adjectives because Paul is not, listen, is not giving us a guideline of behavior. He's giving us the action of a person. He is showing us love himself. Here's what Paul is doing. He is showing us Jesus who fits all of those verbs. In other words, you can't take hold of these things. Listen, you can't take hold of these things. You can't just take hold of of, of patience and, and being kind. You can't just take hold of not rejoicing at wrongdoing. You can't just take hold of rejoicing with the truth. But listen to this. Love can take hold of you. The love of God expressed in Christ Jesus. That's the powerful love of Jesus coming upon you. Coming into your heart, into your life, and rearranging everything. You see, if some of you are pretty good church people, like I was a good church person growing up, 
we've got the moral expectations of the exterior display. My problem, my guilt, and maybe yours, was that I was not receiving the full love of God to start a good work in my heart. When Charles Spurgeon, who's the prince of all preachers, preached this passage of 1 Corinthians 13, here's what he said. On the cross, Jesus Christ, completely embodying this love of 1 Corinthians 13, looked down at people he was dying for, completely embodying the opposite, and he stayed. And he stayed. That's the love you can build your life on. That's a love worth knowing. It's a love, listen, that can change you, can transform you from the inside out. Would you stand with me, please, and let's pray together. Father, for your word today, we're so grateful. God, forgive us that we have attached so much weight, so much importance to what we do, to our morality, to our religiosity, to our busyness, to social justice without love. God, you want to change us from the inside out, transform us from the inside out, and it begins with receiving, not just believing, not just understanding the idea, not just believing that is a concept, but receiving the love of God through Christ Jesus fully. And then the good work can begin. Oh, Spirit, change us from the inside out. It is your love, the fullness of your love that we need. Not just a change in behavior. Not just trying to be powerful and persuasive with our words. Not just trying to be the hero. But God, would you change us and start with our hearts. In the name of Christ we pray, in the name of Christ we sing, amen.